Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk TV Live on its brand new venue at the Blog Critics Radio Network. And we have just completed Comic-Con, San Diego Comic-Con 2014, and I am joined tonight by Christine Piccolo, our heart Chrissy, and Zach and Norman, who are book critics writers and writers in their own rights on their own places. Chrissy writes for the R. She's, she's got her R Heart Network, and Zach writes for Once Upon a Fan. And we have just had amazing, so much fun. an amazing, amazing kind of con. We got here. Chrissy and I got here Wednesday. Zach got here Thursday. Yeah. So why don't we just kind of go through um, the week a little bit? Um, we got here Wednesday, you and I, what did we do actually Wednesday? Do you remember what we did? Yeah, barely. I mean, it's been crazy. Um, I, we, first we checked into our hotel and we walked down to the gas lamp area. Yes, we walked, we walked walked 0.9 miles to the convention center. It wasn't too bad. It was, it was downhill. It was a little It was downhill. It was good good exercise, good start to the week. We got our badges. Yes. And they give us these humongous bags, yes. which they give every year Comic-Con. They are literally, so awesome. you know, this is the thing about Comic-Con. I'm going to be right about this. Oh, and, and Chrissy is now demonstrating her <laughs> official Vampire Diaries gigantic life-size yes. Comic-Con stuff bag, yes. like is, swag bag. Half her height, by the way. It's <laughs> almost, yeah, it's literally, it's literally <laughs> half her height. So the thing is, this is the, this is the thing about Comic-Con that I, and I started writing an article and I haven't finished it yet, but everything, you know, there's superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. The signs, the posters on the buildings are enormous. Um, Omar Epps told me earlier this week when I interviewed him, he said, I said, you know, how does it feel to have this? Like, you know, you come in and, and here's yeah. this 15-story building and five of the stories are your head. Right. You know, how do you feel about that? And he's like, wow, this, like, never happened to me before. It's a little overwhelming. Right. And so um, so that's the thing about Comic-Con. It is like, you know, this is a place where everything, reality is heightened. Mm-hmm. Everything is surreal. Everything is super. So you have superheroes, right? You have super size, you know, Sean Bean all over everywhere for his new series, Legends, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's going to be a very cool series. We have super size Game of Thrones posters on yep. wheels. But the most super, and we have super sized uh, shopping bags. But the most super sized thing, I think, is just how super sized everything is. The crowds, yep. 150,000 wow. people descended upon San Diego. And it's it, crazy. It's crazy. Insane. Chrissy, this is your first Comic Con. Yeah. So give me five words. What what your impression was? Exciting, exhilarating, overwhelming, waiting, waiting, more waiting. <laughs> <laughs> That's six so, words, but Chrissy stood in the uh, in the in the ballroom twin line to get trying to get in the panels and I have to give her kudos. I have never stood in a line to get into channel. Oh, my God. True confession. In fact, this afternoon was the first time I've ever been in Hall 8, and it was only because <laughs> I had a studio pass to get into Hall 8. To get in the seat, too. Yes, sitting in the front was yeah. kind of nice. 
the nice bullet FX um, gave out to some of the media, some uh, studio passes. We got to sit in the green reserve section. I have to say, I felt a little privileged. Yeah. Because what, what the heck was that? That was, know, that was some weird sound. That was a. That are was we a, still recording? I sure hope we are. Yeah, we are. Um, so uh, it was really weird because you know I sat down and Hall H actually wasn't filled capacity. I mean Hall H holds like six thousand people. Right. And this is Sunday afternoon and people have already started to leave and it's a television show. Yes, Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. But it's still it's an FX series that's fairly new um, on. Um, on uh, oh, somebody's asked me already. Did I make the statement about Rumpel? No, she didn't. Okay, none of us did. So, okay, so oh boy, okay, that, so that's jumping the gun a bit. Well, so the statement about Rumpel. Okay, I would not do that. You guys know how much I love Rumpel. How would I? So, so can I didn't hear this. Okay, okay. So, so I just learned about this statement, and I'm assuming that that's the statement that you're talking about, Patricia, um, was, Chris, can you tell me what you told me earlier? Yeah, apparently I found out from my friend, she's like, were you at the table with the, that, that uh, Robert Carlyle was upset at? And I'm like, well, what do you mean? And apparently in the press room, uh, there was a journalist, and I found out, I figured out it was the table after ours, after mine, um, one of the journalists asked her if Rumpelstiltskin, uh, you know, what does he think about Rumpelstiltskin, you know, being sort of uh, an abuser. An abuser. Right. And because, you know, because he's, he's captured, you know, Churchill Bell. And Robert Carlyle cut him straight, cut, cut this, I don't know if it's a man or a woman, I, I have to go watch the video, but cut her straight, him or her off. And uh, basically was like, you know, ask asked the question, well, what exactly do you think he's done to her? And the only thing the reporter could come up with, well, you know, uh, you made her clean her cur- his, your curtains. Uh, and so then he, he did answer it, and, you know, you'll have to go look at it on Facebook. I did not, but he was, I mean, like, it was, I think somebody was pretty confrontational. Uh, you know, the man was nice enough to take time out of his schedule with his family to come and do the press room. And you know, it's just—it's very unprofessional. I was—I was very upset when I heard about it. So that actually reminds me. Last year, mm-hmm. when I was in the press conference for Ender's Game, oh yeah, and Harrison Ford um, was asked the question um, by a ma- by a guy from a magazine, mm-hmm. and it was an LGBT rights magazine, and and I totally get where he was coming from to a certain extent. And he says to um, Harrison Ford, how dare you be in a movie that's going to benefit Orson Scott Card, who is a well-known homophobe, and actually more than a homophobe, he is actually very um, vocal about it. And how could, you know, how could he dare do this? And, you know, and Harrison Ford, being Harrison Ford, one of my superheroes, mm-hmm. um, said, you know, you can't. You have to separate the work from the from the person, the creator, and, and Ender's Game's story is so powerful. And he answered him with great grace instead of blowing up. Um, and uh, you know that's the kind of confrontational question that, if it's asked in the right way, yes, can actually be quite provocative and lead to an absolute wonderful 
you know, discussion. She had asked a question, Mm -hmm. do you think that? Right. Instead of, you know, accusing, basically accusing Rumpel. And and, 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 and Robert Carlyle isn't the writer. Right. You know, it's not his creation. So I, I, it's really um, unfortunate that uh, that happened. And, uh, you know, as some of you guys who follow me on Twitter know, um, we all got uh, emails a couple of days ago. Um, Thursday? <laughs> like the days I think one. it was Thursday. It was thir- I think it was Thursday. It was Thursday. It was Thursday. Yeah. And I got emails that said, hey, uh, heads up. Um, Robert Carlyle is not doing uh, press rooms or the or the photo shoots um, at Comic Con this year. We let you know, and then some people got a second email with uh, the the list of who's going to be there with his mm-hmm. name crossed out. And yeah. it was interesting because I actually the the publicist for the show I ran into her at another uh, press room, and I actually pulled her aside, and this was on Thursday, and I said, um, you know. Uh, I'm not going to give her name because I don't think that's public information. But I mean, you know, I said to her, you know, I've gotten tons, maybe 80, 90 tweets and Facebook things and and DMs and stuff over the last 24 hours. Um, uh, You know, say, oh, there's this rumor that 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 Robert's not going to be in the press room, and and is he okay? We hope he's not hurt or sick or. You know, exhausted that he's just not become you know that he's not become disenchanted with the show and 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 all that. So I related this to her, and I'm wondering, and I'm you know I'm I'm slightly being narcissistic about this, <laughs> but maybe I'm not the only journalist right. who said that to her. And maybe I just look, it's possible for you to, and it's possible he had a guess. Right. And you know, this is a guy who just finished shooting his very first movie, right? And maybe you know he's, he's not that far from LA. Maybe somebody was going to come and meet with him and you know who knows he's also here with his family right so what she told me was she knows she says you know we have him for such a little bit of time mm-hmm. he's here with his wife and children this is for them you know something right. they do and we want to honor his private time and you know so and, and I can totally respect yeah, that too. but then Saturday came and and, and, and what did he get and so he's here in the press room and, and he was by the way, he was delightful. We all three so of us, nice. we all three sat at different tables. Yeah. Um, we all, I'm sure, asked yeah. and heard different answers to different questions. Yep. Um, he yep. was sweet and he was lovely. And he was, I have to say, when I congratulated him on his movie. I said at the end of one question, I said, by the way, congratulations on your movie. And he sort of did a double take and a big smile on his face. He said, Thank you very much. Thank you. And, and, he's, and he laughed. He was like, he was like, oh, he was like just delighted laugh, like like a um, I wouldn't say like a ruffle laugh <laughs> or even a gold laugh. It was just a, a Robert Carlyle laugh. laugh. It was really, I think he was just chuffed. Yeah, by I'm like sure. wow, the movie. Yeah, he, he's such a man. He actually, um, I was taking a picture. I took somebody's picture with him as a favor, and um. When I was done, I said to him, I don't need to take a picture with you because I took a picture last year because I didn't take a picture with him last year. And he shook my hand and he, and he looks at me and he says, Zach, right? And I, <laughs> I can't said, believe you remember. And I said, I was just like, yeah. And he was like, yeah, I remember you. And I was just like, oh, oh my God, that's awesome. Thank you so much. That is for, awesome. I mean, so he really is one of the nicest, most gracious people. He is. Really. And, and modest and lovely. And he yes. knows, 
you know, he knows that he's good at what he does. Right. And he, right. you know, you have to have a certain amount of ego to go out and direct the movie. Yeah. And yeah. star in it. Star in it, right. And he knows he's good. But, Multi-award winning actor. Right. Um, in, in Europe, he is, mm-hmm. um, if not here. And just lovely. I actually did take a, a, a picture with she him again. Did again. Yeah. You know, I, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have. And then somebody, somebody came up, handed me a camera and said, hey, would you mind if, I did, you know, it, I took this picture. I said, only if you do the same thing to me. And then I was like, I realized, and I was like, um, Mr. Carlisle, if it's, if it's okay with you, of course it's okay with you. Yeah, so he was lovely, and whatever happened at that table, I have no idea. And I'm, I'm just happy it wasn't one of our tables. Uh, really? And not, I, so there were, there were eight tables. Yeah. Okay, there were eight, six people at each, ta- each table. So there are six times. There's only 40. 48. Thank you. <laughs> I was never good at math. <laughs> um, calculus, maybe, but math. No. Um, <laughs> but 48 people in the whole room, which actually is kind of a nice limited press right. room because yeah. some press rooms have 100 oh people. And they yeah. really, you know, they really did get everybody to our tables and, and gave us good uh, time. Rotated out was nice because they had a plan. Like yeah. I, you know, they had they had some of them going through the press line, which is the the So I want to go back. I sort of want to go back to the beginning of the week because that kind of question the question came out of wherever, and which was great. Thank you, Patricia, for starting that, and that was like fifteen minutes of of, of answer, and that was great. So that that's some of our once upon a time time. Some of it. Some of it. Some of it. So then uh, Wednesday night, uh, Chrissy and I had dinner with some of the other blog critics oh, writers yeah, really right, funny. at uh, Lou and Mickey's, which yeah. was fun. And we were ready for Thursday morning. And I had, um, I had three press rooms that morning, but also I had um, the uh, Penguins of Madagascar. I have four press rooms. Um, the Penguins of Madagascar... Uh, press room, pa- uh, sorry, press conference with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, and yeah, gorgeous man. Sorry, he's he he is he <laughs> is. Uh, you know, he's just he's not my type. Um, he's too pretty for me. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> rough and tumble, huh, Barbara? No. I don't. <laughs> don't tell that to my husband. <laughs> Pretty um, he's actually more, he's more built like Carlisle is, slim and slight. But, um, no, I mean, I like them a little bit more weather-worn. I was, it's funny, because even since I was a little girl, um, I never thought guys were attractive till they were in their, like, late 30s or early 40s, and then they got really attractive for some reason. Right. The cover batch is a little, still too, a little too pretty for me. Um, sorry, Benedict. Um, but. Um, I, may, I, I have some exceptions to that rule. Hugh Dan being among them. Um, I think, although I think he's 40. Um, your late 30s. Katie, am I right or am I wrong? She's in that room. So um, anyway, Thursday I actually passed on that press conference. And it turns out Benedict didn't come to the press conference until five oh. minutes before it was over. So good choice, Barnett. Um, so I went to... Press Room for Legends, which is Howard Gordon, parentheses, 24, and I Homeland. Him. Right? So I went to his, um, his, that press room, and uh, Sean Bean was not, 
there, and people will look, where, well, you know, he's the big star yeah. of this brand new show. Where's, where's Sean Bean? Well, Sean Bean, unfortunately, uh, had a family wedding that was planned way, 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 way ahead of time and um, couldn't come. So he would, and he, and then what Howard Gordon does, he would love to have been there. Yeah. Um, totally would have loved to have been there, um, but couldn't. But he'd been at, like, WonderCon, and he'd been at some other yeah. things. Um, and Howard Gordon, it was great. Howard Gordon comes in, and this was right after the 24 panel was over. So he came in, and, and he was actually at our, uh, we, we were the first table he was at. And he takes out his iPhone, and he's showing his iPhone. It's like, what are you showing? you got to show it to the whole class here. Howard, <laughs> share with the class. And he showed it to us, and it was Kiefer Sutherland wearing a uh, Don't Kill Sean Bean T-shirt. <laughs> so, so hashtag don't, so guys, hashtag Don't Kill Sean Bean is, like, a really important hashtag because, okay, your hand you understand that hashtag. I do. I totally get it. I do. So, so Sean Bean, <laughs> Sean Bean has gotten killed. He got killed at the end of Fellowship of the Ring. Oh, mm-hmm. He got killed at the end of the first season of Game of Thrones. Oh, right, right. <laughs> and so, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's right, because he was he was Ned Stark, and and of course in in Game in in Lord of the Rings he was right. Boromir. Right, right. I so, love Boromir so much. Yeah, and he was killed, nobly killed. Yeah. And Ned Stark was nobly killed. But still. <laughs> so 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 there's this black T-shirt with the with the hashtag Don't Kill Sean Bean, and so that is like the big and on the buildings where Sean Bean's image is you know yeah. five stories high it says. Hashtag, don't kill Sean I Bean. I saw that, but I didn't know what he meant. So the end of the story, the end of the story is, and, and you got to read my column when I write my, my Legends article, um, which I already did. Oh, no, I already did. You can find it on Blog Critics. Um, I have the clip of Howard talking about that mm-hmm. and basically said, hey, this is a way for 24 to cross-pollinate with Legends. And he says, oh, yeah, maybe we can even have Kiefer kill. And, <laughs> and I'm like, kill who? <laughs> like, spoilers for him. He says, that will never happen. So that was a really funny exchange. So so that was really fun. Um, and then I went to the dig uh, press room. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, Gideon Raff. That is his new project, Gideon Raff of Homeland and of Tyrant, which is currently on FX. Mm-hmm. And this is his new project. And it is starring Jason Isaac oh. of Harry Potter. Potter and, oh, he was, and he's the villain in The Patriot. And he's yes. just amazing. Oh, and he's a wow. hero in this one. Really? Yes. Oh, nice. No villain this time. No, like he plays a tortured hero Ooh, who wow. is a deep-stricken FBI. And there is a there is the murder that, of an American in Jerusalem, uh-huh. and he is um, sent to Jerusalem uh-huh. to investigate it. Well, while he's there, he begins to uncover this grand conspiracy. Uh-huh. Right. That's two thousand year old mystery. Wow. And that that and it's a limited series. Yeah. There's only X number of episodes. And that's actually, um, interestingly, and I actually asked Gideon Rock about this, 
it is going to be on USA Network, which is not exactly the network you think of right. when you think of this sort of limited run, very high class, very expensive right. production. You think of FX, you think right. of HBO, right. maybe yeah. you think of Cinemax. Yeah. You don't usually think of... Right, I would have never thought of that. So, and I asked him about that, and he said well, they were really interested in doing something mm-hmm. like this. So, um, yeah, and so the other thing is, you know, they shoot in Israel. Uh-oh. Someone's phone. We're going to call him back later. No, it is not uh, oh. Robert. Um, Damn, it wasn't Robert. It wasn't my number. Oh. Um, sometimes I think my number is up. Um, <laughs> you never know. <laughs> like up there on the screen, right? <laughs> ah. um, and, I, and I realize, by the way, guys, I realize this is like 1020 on the East Coast and 920 in my usual home, but it's like bright and sunny and 720 here in <laughs> San Diego, so it just seems early. Um, so I, I apologize to all of you who this is like really late and maybe listening to this on the podcast, yeah. so I, I do understand. Anyway, um, where was I? Oh, right. So the dig is, dig, not the dig, dig, is filmed in Jerusalem and Tel Aviv and other places mm-hmm. in Israel. And, of course, Israel is under siege with rocket fire and, you know, the missiles mm-hmm. being shot at it. And so they've actually taken everybody out of Israel and moved it back to the U.S. And now they're shooting in, like, Arizona and in, and in L.A. And, and it was kind of hastily done because um, they had to get the hell out of they there. They really had to get out of there. And, and it really, I asked, I, I asked Gideon about that. Yeah, and um, he said, um, you know, he, he was born in Jerusalem. He's he's from there, and he said it was really, really difficult to make that decision. And ultimately, they'd like to go back and finish yeah. shooting there, but they shot a lot of um, footage. Footage, yeah. and one of the one of the locations in the move in in the show is Norway, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So you know, and I said to him, okay, so I get. You have, you know, one of the locations is Arizona. So I said, well, I get that you can do Arizona in, in Israel because there's lots of desert. And I get that you can do Jerusalem in Jerusalem. But I can't figure out, having been to Israel four times, how you can get Norway. <laughs> so he said, well, there, it's very easy, northern Ontario. Oh, to shoot those okay. scenes, which was 45 degrees below zero, oh and it was really God. great. So anyway, this is a really great show. I'm really looking forward to it. It's coming out in 2016. Um, and then I went to The Last Ship, oh, yes. which I've been watching. It's on, on TNT, and it's a really, really good show. Rona Mitra from Stargate oh, Universe. I oh, love her. She's yeah. like fun. She is. She's gorgeous too. She's and she's lovely. And Adam Baldwin and um, it's really, it's really great. And I really, uh, Michael Bay is the mm-hmm. is the executive producer. He wasn't there, but um, some director coming, to, you know, filmmaker mm-hmm. coming to television, mm-hmm. just like Guillermo del Toro, is right? Another filmmaker coming to television, which led me to some interesting questions. Mm-hmm. That if you read my articles uh, next week, you'll you'll hear some of that. Um, and so, um, so it was really interesting. One of the criticisms of the last ship is that um, uh, that it's 
like a infomercial for the Navy. Mm-hmm. The Navy is super duper involved. Navy SEALs. Right. They train these guys. They live with them. They're on set all the time to get it. So that kind of led to it. So I got to Rona Mitra, who starts talking about. And by the way, this is this, another. It's a virus. It's a virus, and it's decimated. 80% of the world's population, and they, they're looking for the cure, and they're the last ship. There's no government anymore. It's really kind of almost post-apocalyptic or near-apocalyptic. Sounds like it. It does. And so I, I asked her, I said, so how do you see this show? What drew you to it? And she says, you know, it's a cautionary tale. It's, it's about, you know, this, this real threat mm-hmm. that we have in viruses and in and in all this stuff, and it's very, very real and, and very scary. And it's really a cautionary tale for environmentalism. And so um, I just thought that was a really interesting point, yeah. counterpoint, right? So, you know, that was like, oh, okay, I never hadn't really thought of the show that way. And that was a nice way to do it. Okay, last but not and I'll get to you guys. Yeah, that's fine. Last but not least, on Thursday, I did, okay, wait for it, Katie. I did the Hannibal Press Room. Uh, Yay. And by the way, Sarah, um, storming in Chicago, yeah, I got this weather warning. Um, And I'm like, I'm not home. And my husband actually called. That was the phone that was ringing before. Um, And I obviously didn't talk to him, but I'm hoping everything is okay at home. Um, Anyway, so Thursday night was the Hannibal. Now, Hugh Dancy and Mads Mikkelsen were not in the house, unfortunately, sadly. Um, but Brian was there, the whole cat, the rest of the cast was there, Caroline was there, I mean, all the guys were there, and it was really great. We spent, I think there were five of us at our table, and we spent, uh, like 20 minutes with Brian. That's awesome. You know, the creator of the show talking about it, um, and the writers of the show, it was really, really nice. And, uh, yeah, Katie, they are both busy. Um, and I will be writing up my Hannibal write-up, um, at least some of it. Some of it I'm holding on to until it comes back. Oh, by the way, Katie, I know you want to know this. They will be shooting again starting in October, um, Brian told me. So um, it was great. And by the way, I had selfies. I did selfies. And I'll be, I will also be posting the selfies when I get a chance to do that. <laughs> On Twitter, I just haven't had a chance to go through my. Um, they have actually already. I don't. I don't. I actually. I actually don't remember if I posted my pictures. And that's how it is. It's sort of like all a blur. I mean, I'm trying to remember yeah. details. Me too. Kind of like Thursday uh, and Friday are one big ball of Yeah. Blur. Yeah. Katie says that was common knowledge. The human mats were not going to be. Yeah, I knew that. They were. I, I knew that they were. It was just great, and they okay. So they fed us. Yay for the press rooms where they feed you. Um, but see, this is Hannibal, right? Right. And Hannibal is quite the gourmet right. and the gourmand. Oh, so they served these really funky smoothies. <laughs> they were really good. Were they red? No. Oh, no, no, one was pink and one was green. Oh. And, and they were really good and they had herbs and they had stuff, and then they served this kind of fruit and vegetable thing that was really quite good, and they had <laughs> soft drinks. It was good. It was good. They had soft drinks, and they had coffee and tea. It wasn't as good as the Viking yeah. press room, but it was, yeah. you know, I think it's like when they have press rooms at like 6.30 at night, 
it's like they want to feed you. Well, yeah. Um, but anyway, so so the press room was like at six thirty, and to eight six like six forty five to eight, and we actually didn't get out of there till close to nine o'clock, because after um, after the, the all the press things because it was everybody's last thing of the night. Mm-hmm. We just kind of sat around schmoozing with everyone. Oh, yeah. And then the cast also turned up Saturday night, um, last night at NBC's day, yeah, they did. which was fun. And um, uh, there, but okay. So that was, that was my Thursday night. Um, so Zach, what was your Thursday like? I arrived Thursday and um, I was actually driving in and because of uh, one delay after another, I didn't, get into San Diego until 1.30. Oh, now, Lord. the challenging thing about that was that I was supposed to be in the Toy Story press room at 2.15. Right. So I got to the hotel, checked in. Um, my friend who dropped me off drove me down to the convention center. I actually had to get out of the car a few blocks away because I was like, there's no way I'm going right. to if I wait. So I, I kind of power walked my way across the street, picked up my badge, and then ran. Right. I mean, oh literally ran from the convention center down the front of it over to the Bayfront Hilton. I can't believe you even I, I got there at 2.08, and thankfully, the, like, even though press check-in was at 2.15, it didn't start till 2.30, so uh, I had enough time to not look like a total yeah. sweaty, hot mess. <laughs> so that was nice. Um, I got to do the Toy Story, that time forgot, press room, mm-hmm. um, which I am very grateful for. Thank you very much. Barbara. And, You're welcome. Um, I got to meet. When um, and when's your write-up gonna appear in the penny? It will appear very short. Okay. <laughs> as soon as I have a chance to get to a laptop and actually okay. put words to form. Okay. But John or I'll get it to it. It will be this work. This week. Probably so John will get to it. <laughs> like I have my own. It'll be, yeah, it'll be this week. I promise. Um, it was very exciting for me because I'm a huge Disney Pixar fan. No, I did not know that. Yeah, you never know it. Looking yeah. at my Twitter feed or Facebook page. But um, being the huge fan that I am, I was very excited because Steve Purcell, who is the director of the movie Brave and has worked on various other Pixar projects, uh, he is the director of this short film. It's going to be premiering on ABC on December 7th, half hour this year. Centering uh, on the uh, dinosaur toys, Rex and Trixie, yeah. voiced by Wallace Shawn and Kristen Shaw. And um, I got to meet him, and I just I look up to animators. I always have time, so it was nice to have an opportunity to talk with him and um, the producer and the head of story for this and the composer even. Um, I got to talk to Kristen Shaw as well about the experience, and that was just really fun. Um, it was nice to get to about the Toy Story universe, the fact that they're developing more toy characters for more generations yeah. to keep the Toy Story legacy alive. And there will be a little bit more about that in my write-up on that later on on Block Critics this week, so you can check that out there because I don't want to spoil the whole thing now. Um, so that was pretty much my Thursday. I only switched the room, and then uh, I did go over to the ABC Castle and got in line because I wanted the collector pins. Obviously, I was seeking the Once Upon a Time pin, which was Urn that held in it from the finale. Which I did end up getting, but there's only today, and there's a story behind that, too. And it's funny, because when I went and I did the line, the very first one that I got was Toy Story that I forgot. It was that pin. I was like, oh, that's, that's perfect, because I just did that today. So, you know, that was really fun. Um, and just generally walked around the con and saw all the costumes, because I'm a big cosplay fan as well. So I saw lots of Disney cosplay. Um, I saw a Transformer... My Little Pony 
combination. Oh my god! It was so it was so odd. yeah. It is it was really odd, but it was basically a mechanized um, My Little Pony, and it was Aww. it was really really cool. Um, there's a lot of Anna and Elsa going on yeah. this year. I will say, as far as cosplay goes, um, I saw Beetlejuice and um, uh, Bart, who is John Camp's character from the movie Spaceballs. Did you see that I did see Edward Scissorhands guy. Yeah. I got his picture, actually. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, he's, I got that. Great. And one of my other favorite cosplays that I saw was somebody was cosplaying as Seymour from oh the Little God. Shop of Horrors, and they had a giant plant, and it was talking. Yes, it was fabulous. I, I love that guy. I love like, him. Oh, my God. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me, Seymour. Feed me all that long. Feed me, Seymour. You can't get, you know, once you get me started on the show before. Oh, Barbara, I'm a musical theater buff, too. We could probably sit. We could catch you. We'll have to do a radio show. We'll have to do one of those. Yeah, that's funny. So, yeah, that was my Thursday. Christy, how was yours? Well, mine was waiting in line for the 24 retrospective. And I got in in, 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 the, in the ballroom twenty line. Ballroom twenty. I got in and oh my god, I got like epic seating. I, I actually ended up in the I think it was like five rows back on the side though, uh, but I had a clear shot of Kiefer. It was Kiefer, it was Kiefer and John Cassar. They were the only people that were doing the panel. Um, it was really, really fun to, we got to hear a little bit about, he said, it was so funny because one of the things that Kiefer said was, you know, what was it, you know, what was it like sitting in London? Uh, Cather asked him, you know, and, and of course Kiefer was like, well, he was all real saying, it's not that, uh, you know, it wasn't, it was pretty difficult. And he said one of the reasons why is because, you know, it, it took like six months to get, three or four months to six months to get permits, this or that. They have a real big thing about the guns, even though they were fake. They had to deal with that. Um, and, you know, but they, he talked about, he, he really uh, had a tough time coming into the first season, this last, this other season, this season nine. Um, the one thing that I thought was really interesting, though, is, they allowed fans to ask questions. However, they screened the questions. Now, the question of will there be season 10 never popped up. Uh, they hedged around it. So I, my guess is there will be one. That's, that's what my guess is. Um, and then uh, I had a book to Barbara sent me over to the TV Land Legends uh, press room, <laughs> and I, here I am. I'm in the room with the legendary William Shatner and Betty White. I can awesome kill you that? right now. I know it was oh awesome. My God. It Betty was White. awesome. And the thing is, is you should have seen. I had a whole list. I had all these questions. Blah blah. blah. I had it all in my head, and I was very lucky person, reporter, to ask a question. I only got one question that I could uh, ask them. Uh, and, I, and I asked them, I asked them, you know, when all is said and done, how do you think people, you know, are going to look at your careers because you guys have done so much? Uh, and I won't tell you a good question. That's, that's a, good a really question. good question. Thank you. Uh, and so that's, uh, I won't tell you what it is because I'm going to write write it up for Blog Critics, so you'll have to 
Read it on blog. Spoiler alert. No spoilers on yeah. the show. <laughs> no, it's a tease. So blogcritics.org. Keep following us. Keep and and follow, follow blog critics, by the way, uh, at, at blog critics, C-L-O-G-C-R-I-T-I-C-S. I'm only the publisher and executive editor. It's like what? If you follow me uh, at B underscore Barnett, um, you will also get all, I will retweet everybody's articles. Um, and if you want to call in now into the show and ask a question or make a comment, perhaps you are at Comic-Con this week, you can dial in at 646-595-3195. Oh, yes. And I did do the Toy Story program, too. You did, too. Okay. I did. I did. Double coverage. Yeah, it's- <laughs> It's cool. No, um, it was just really interesting just to hear sort of, I asked, I asked them more about, you know, what was, what made you come up with this, you know, and they just talked about how they wanted to kind of bring in some more characters, more toys, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, yeah. So, we're going to move on to Friday. Okay. Move to Friday. Sat, by the way, once time and time was on Saturday, so you'll have to be patient. <laughs> so, Saturday, okay, so Friday, here's the thing. Thursday night. Um, I get an email from uh, the asylum. Um, <laughs> from the asylum. Okay, are you? They wanted me? to know why she was out of her game. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, okay, are you going to send somebody for you? What's going on here? <laughs> well, the asylum. The asylum is a, a uh, is a is a studio. So um, so they asked me. I actually don't think it was from the asylum, but it was from the publicist of Thunder Van who was the screenwriter of Sharknado and Sharknado 2. So asking me, do you want to sit down for an interview with him? And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. So um, I went to Asylum at noon at the appointed hour, and he was already gone. So um, he was doing an autograph signing, I guess, and he walked away at at 12.02. I got there at 12.02. Oh, my goodness. I got there at 12.01, but I was, like, looking yeah. for the right person. And so I'm going to actually email his publicist back mm-hmm. and say, hey, we missed this. And, uh, you know, Friday was my day of being stood up or being, <laughs> like, not, you know, not where I was not – I was where I was supposed to be, but for things not working out as well. But I went right on to uh, interview the daughter of Jim Ward the creator of Rocky and Bullwinkle. Isn't that interesting? So there's going to be a new Rocky and Bullwinkle short that's attached to the Blu-ray release of the Peabody Insurance uh, Blu-ray, which is coming out in a couple of months. Very excited. Very excited about that. We ne- I never saw Peabody and Sherman in the movie theater, and uh, it's really good. I'm really excited about it. But I interviewed her about um, her and also the animator of, of this, movie about, um, you know, why bring back Bullwinkle right now. And, and, and Bullwinkle Rocky was such a, such a creation of the Cold War and the Russians and Boris and Natasha. That sounded more like a Yiddish accent. Boris and Natasha. Boris and Natasha. They came from... No. Watsylvania. You didn't know that? I know, and and fearless leader. <laughs> anyway, so, um, so I asked them, I said, so what's the deal? I mean, you bring them back, 
and um, the Cold War. But I asked, I said to you, but I said, but on the other hand, look at Putin these days. I said, fearless leader looks a lot like Putin. <laughs> and they said that was not intentional. Um, however, the prescience of the yeah. news is, is horrible right, as it right. is. Mm-hmm. It's sort of <laughs> the Cold War is back. Yeah. So I, I suggested to them that perhaps bringing Rocky and Bullwinkle back triggered the new Cold War. <laughs> so it was an interesting. They and the answer to that question will be in the article. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then I had also been offered an interview with Cal Penn, House fans. This was my day of house people. So um, he's got a new National Geo show called Mathology that's doing uh, later this year. And um, so National Geo reached out to me and said, you know, can you come to the panel? And I said, can I interview Cal Penn? And they said, <laughs> sure. Um, after the panel, we'll, you know, we'll set, we'll set you guys up. So I ran from the Hilton Bayfront where I was doing Rocky Vocal back to the convention center, which is not far, but it's a good half a mile. So I ran back to do that and uh, got there uh, in time for the end of the panel, went up to the publicist, and they were kicking everybody else out of, they're kicking everyone out of the room. She says, can we do a phoner? So there's good news and bad news in that. A, the bad news is I didn't get to interview him face-to-face, right. which would have been so much fun. And I just basically, I took a quick picture of him, and it's really blurry. Um, <laughs> so I'm not posting it, sorry. Um, and the other, good, on, the, on the nice side of it is a phoner is not going to be five minutes. It's, yeah. It'll be 20 minutes, 30 minutes. So that'll be kind of fun. Um, and we can catch up, um, which will be nice. Uh, and I didn't interview him. He's one of the few people at House that I didn't interview when House was on. I interviewed almost everyone else. He and Hugh and Omar I never interviewed. But I did interview Omar this time because I went back to the Hilton Bayfront getting my miles on and should have been wearing my Fitbit, but I wasn't. Um, so I went back for Resurrection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, ABC show. Um, it was lovely. Uh, the press room is great. I was like the first one there and the publicist who knows me from last year. Uh, she's like, oh, hey, Barbara, how you doing? Go on in, grab a, grab a Coke and have a seat and sit at table one and we'll bring, you know. And then everyone started coming in. It was like half an hour early. And there were a few of us already there, a few journalists there. And the cast didn't actually know we were journalists. That <laughs> just cracked and we were like they, they were sitting down at our tables and hey how you doing how you oh great oh wow isn't that a great view out because we were up high and we could see down to the Gotham zip line mm-hmm. and it was really good so we were just schmoozing um, I have some great pictures of Omar which I've posted a couple but I'll post more um, and then we got to interview everyone and it was a lovely press room because they gave us like Ten minutes with everybody. He's awesome. Yeah, so they yeah. sent one person at a time, and there were only like four, maybe four, five of us at every table. Mm-hmm. See, that's and so um, they gave us like ten minutes with everyone. So it was really good, and I will be um, good coming in season two. Of course, the question, and actually this came up in Legends too, and I didn't talk about Legends at all except the interview. Um, Legends is about an FBI agent who is, like, so deep undercover, he completely takes on, like, a whole new persona. Mm -hmm. So a different accent, a different background, different habits. 
And Sean Bean apparently had such a great time doing it because he, he becomes a different person every time. But the question is, is his character himself a deep cover um, persona? Mm. Is Sean Bean's character really Sean Bean's character? You know, really no, Martin Odom, who's mm-hmm. the main main character. Mm-hmm. Is he really who he is? So that's like I was like flashing on Blade Runner, you know, and Deckard. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. is he a replicant right. or not a replicant? And so that was like that. But then when I went to, to the resurrection one, the question for season, the end of season one going into season two is, is Omar Epps' character one of the returned? Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, there's another one that's like that. So there's like these, you know, Russian dolls where there's like, there's layers upon layers of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting that you've got now two shows that sort of explore that is who you are, is who you think you are really who you are. Yeah. Um, And then I went to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and uh, Agent Carter. Yeah. Which was great. Yeah. good, Good press room. Um, good interviews. I love, I would, I've not been able to get into Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I'm really not like a huge Avengers fan. I love the Avengers so, so hard. So, I am such a Marvel person. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, so did Marvel, I did Agents of my, S.H.I.E.L.D. I have, to, I have to say, like, I'm an X-Men sort of girl. Oh yeah. My first um, comic book crush was on Cyclops. So, um, uh, in X-Men. And I really like, and I love the X-Men reboot. I love the X-Men reboot. I love Days of Future Past. Mm-hmm. Like, more than I can, I mean, Me too. oh, my God, I love it. The Quicksilver scene in the kitchen. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I, I just love the encounter between uh, Professor X, old and new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah Powerful stuff. James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart together on screen at the same time. Be still my really, really my my acting my actor heart. Um, so anyway, so but I'm really excited about Agent Carter for a couple of reasons. One is that it is um, it takes place during uh, right after World War II, which is a really cool time to have a series you right. know take place. So that was really cool, and I'm really excited about it. The, the showrunners are women, which is unusual. Right. I think I met too many nice. women showrunners. Yeah. So that was really good. And then came the Vikings press room, which, as far as press room goes, press rooms goes, it is the classiest act. Um, the History Channel publicist called me the day before, <laughs> and she said, "Are you? You know, we just wanted to make sure you were coming. Is there anything you need?" You know, this is the time um, that everything good. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you guys are the only ones that actually call and remind us. And uh, <laughs> you're no fools. And so we got got there. And uh, of course, uh, Vikings is on the History Channel, and it's uh, created by Michael Hurst. Hurst, I think he is, sir. Um, who create Doctor Professor Michael Hurst? Uh, who created the Tudors? Mm-hmm. Elizabeth, the movie mm-hmm. Elizabeth. I mean, he's, you know, brilliant, brilliant uh, director and maker. Um, and as we get there, and the first thing is, is make sure you take a drinking horn before you leave. And there are these yeah. big honking, like, I'll show you, show you guys, mm-hmm. um, drinking horn. And there was a Vikings comic book, a limited, like, it's like so this cool. limited edition Comic-Con cover. And then they said, oh, please help yourself just for some, to something to drink or something to eat. And there was 
Cabernet, and there was a Chardonnay, and there were three or four different kinds of beer, mm -hmm. and there were warm oatmeal cookies, Yum. and cheese, and crackers, and chutney, and tea, nice. and little silk pouches. I mean, it was really lovely. And but but that that was kind of cool because it's a unique to actually be served a like real meal and, <laughs> and wine. Right, and wine, and wine. is the boot. Hey. So, yeah, so it was kind of cool sitting at the table with with Michael Hurst. And, you know, it's like, you know, I said to him after the interview, I said, cheers, Michael. And he kind of like, cheers. It was like, you know, how many people at Comic-Con are going to yeah. say cheers? So um, so that, so it's good. Lots of interesting things coming up in Viking season uh, two. Let's see, Viking mm -hmm. season three. Viking season three um, coming up this year. Um, and uh, that was my Friday. It was really busy Friday. Yeah. Man, was I tired. So how was your, what was your Friday well, like, guys? Friday for me, I did Legends of Korra, which I had never watched before, whatever. I went in there and I'm actually going to watch It's good. I was that's what, but see, that's what happens at Comic-Con. You cover things or you see things, even if you're not that. You see things that you've never seen before. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of cool. I think I'll check that it out. It was really good. I mean, and I'm not a cartoony. I mean, I like some stuff. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm, you know, I'm Simpsons, Family Guy, that kind of thing. Uh, um, but it was very, very good. <laughs> for this. <laughs> what? You love South Park and Soul Sisters. Oh, totally. <laughs> we, we, we like South Park. Hartman, man. Oh, oh my God. He's my, is mine. Oh, God. If, I... Uh, if I were if I were a cartoon character, I would be a combination of Butters, Tigger, oh. and uh, Olaf. Oh, that, that, that's me. That's, 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 <laughs> that's hilarious. So yeah, so I was like um, totally blown away by it. We got we got to see they actually showed us for that the um, uh, um, sketches uh, and stuff in like from concept to ending and stuff. So it was really interesting. It was very very good. And then, this was my faux pas of the entire weekend, okay? So, I've got an awesome seat. I mean, I'm like, you know, four rows back, you know, right where I want to sit, Legends of Korra, right? And I'm like, oh, isn't uh, The Walking Dead next, isn't it? And they're like, no, they, somebody's like, no, no, it's, um, oh, it was something else that was on at 11. I can't remember what it is now. But anyway, so I'm like, oh, that's right, it's on at 12. So I'm sitting there after the, the 11 o'clock. Oh, the 11 o'clock panel, I think, was um, big, the Big Bang Theory, which I oh. watch. But, um, it, you know, anyway, so I was Bazinga. there. Yeah and, I, yeah, and I was like, okay, what is this? But okay. Um, and so then I'm sitting there, and I'm like, it's 12.15. It ended late. I'm like, oh, good. Well, you know, Walking Dead's next, right? Well, no. Uh, that's not in Ballroom 20. I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, no, 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 it's in Hall H. And I was like, are you kidding me? By then, it was like 1215. Oh, and you like, had sort of gotten in there to see The Walking Dead, right? Well, that's why I went. And right. I originally, anyway, so that was my big faux pas. So, so, so you have to understand, guys, who have never been to Comic-Con. Yeah. It's, so, so Ballroom 20 is the big, huge, gigantic venue for almost all the television series. Right. It's huge, but it's not quite as big as Hall H, yeah. which is 6,000 seats. Right. And so Hall H is where all the big 
movie studios do their presentations. So what happens is, and those of you who follow me on Twitter know I've, I've been tweeting, um, tweeting pictures all week of, of the Hall H line and, mm-hmm. and the Ballroom 20 line, and basically what people do, and, and they don't clear the room after each presentation. Right. So people line up for Hall H or Ballroom 20, like the, day, the, the, the day afternoon before, before like Zach did, like I did. <laughs> for Saturdays. And you just get in line and you sleep overnight mm-hmm. and you're ready for the morning, exhausted and, you know, covered with the morning dew. <laughs> and um, Among other things. Among other things. And um, so, so people really have to be committed. Take that as you'd like. <laughs> we might get a call from the asylum again, folks. You never know. <laughs> be careful. The next call from the asylum could be for you, Zach. <laughs> Hashtag the next. Oh. <laughs> Hashtag the next. Um, so, and oh, and by the way, you can call in to our show at six four six. Five nine five three one nine five. We're having an awfully good time, aren't we? Yes, for being we here. Are. We're all, yeah, I think um, we're all a little delirious. We are. We. Oh, you know what I didn't do? I'm so sorry. What? I did not talk about when I talked about Hannibal. Mm-hmm. I didn't talk about um, what's coming up next week, next season. Well, you should I do a spoiler. Uh, yeah, do the spoiler. You or should I? Should I spoiler? We should do it at the end. You can do your spoilers at the end of the show. Well, I, I don't want to do. <laughs> well, then don't your show. <laughs> if you're running the show, I thought. I don't oh, all right. So, no, the only spoiler I am going. Oh, you did. You did the hashtag. <laughs> you I love it. Okay, oh, if God. you um, <laughs> if you retweet this hashtag, you're automatically entered in my True Detective giveaway. Oh, okay, good. which I haven't announced yet. But you will be automatically entered to win a copy of HBO's True Detective. Yeah. If you retweet, the next call is from the asylum. And put my uh, Twitter handle and blog critic's Twitter handle, Zach Van Norman, the Zach Van. Uh, <laughs> just put it up there. And if you go, and I'm just going to retweet it now. And if you retweet it, I will automatically enter you to get a free copy of the season one True Detective. Um, so coming back, uh, so yes, Hannibal. So next season, um, uh, oh, Chilton. Oh my God, Chilton, he was there. Oh my, he's just a great guy. Um, so what's in store for Chilton? We didn't hear too much about what's in store for Chilton next season, but we did hear, um, about what's in store for, um, it, it, actually, it, it is. I did hear something about Chilton. Okay. So, um, Chilton is really a changed man at this point. Mm-hmm. He's a really changed man at this point. He's broken least. in so many different ways, and he's really got to kind of come back from that. Um, the, the season is going to be a lot, the beginning part of the season, is going to be a lot about will and how he's dealing with all of this. And they're actually really going in to Red Dragon. They are really going into Red Dragon. Nice. 
and there will be much more. Jillian Anderson, they are now negotiating with her Yay. to become a regular. I love her. Please, Please God. TV God, make it happen. I know, I know. So I don't know Please. if you guys know all that, but um, but that's, that's that was awesome. something that came out during um, uh, the interview with Brian Fuller was that they are in negotiations cool. with her to make her a uh, a recurrent character, uh, not a recurrent character, a regular character, um, and they really are going to explore her and what motivates her. Okay. Um, Caroline's character, Alana Bloom, again, she is a character who has been really changed by her experience. You know, it's like, who's, the, the first question on everybody's lips was, well, okay, who lives and who dies? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and to, to what extent? And, and they were kind of cagey about that, but yet... There will be some new characters. Anyway, I I just, and I realized as I was talking, I wasn't going to say anything about the show itself next season. So this is for Kate. Um, And those red dragons, you know, it's like they keep going back to the source. Um, And Thomas Harris, um, which is really the Bible, you know, for the show. And uh, we will see uh, Francis Dollarite in uh, season two. Oh, that's cool. Season three, I mean. Uh, Francis Dollarite, of course, is the very strange sh- sh- thriller of Red Dragon, right. played in the movie by Ray Fiennes, oh. and uh, really um, the creepiest, one of the creepiest villains, far more creepy, I think, than um, in some ways than Hannibal. Um, so Katie says Alana is probably blind. Very possible. Um, and also, uh, oh, I did ask about the food, you know, and is that really good food? And and basically a chicky paste that they have to eat over and over and over and over again. They actually have a kitchen that prepares these incredible delicacies, but like some sort of garbanzo. So what is he really cooking? Nothing? Well, I mean, he's not cooking someone's kidneys. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know that, but I mean, he's not, you know, cooking. He looks. He makes it so easy too. Yeah, whatever it is that they, however they film it, whether it's, you know. Anyway, Katie says, "Yeah, curious to see who they get for Dollarite. I am too. I wonder if Ray finds it. Well, he's too old now. But anyway, so this will be. um, It'll it'll be great. So now let's go back to our uh, Friday. Okay. So anyway, so I totally screwed up and ended up not going to The Walking Dead. So I was really bummed about that. But then I went to the original press room um, at the Bayfront, and uh, on CW, everybody knows, I got to talk to Julie Fleck, who's the executive producer. I was very good because, um, of course, you know, she's, she says that, that it's going to be a lot of stuff going on for uh, Clout, the Michelson clan. I don't know if you guys know about the originals. If you don't, it's it's the they are the original vampires. They are the very first vampires, and they're they're like two thousand years old. And uh, now um, Klaus is it's Klaus and his brother Elijah that are living in the French Quarter in New Orleans. And now Klaus is a uh, hybrid, so he's part vampire, part werewolf. And he's sort of the bastard child. The reason that he's part werewolf is because his mother had an affair on their father. So growing up, the father always treated him like a bastard son. Well, that's the one person that Klaus fears 
the most. And at the end of season one, his father, daddy, you know, basically Klaus killed him. And uh, we see him that he's able to, one of the witches on the show, basically uh, got broken out of out of hell. And so now he's going to wreak havoc. And so that's what we're going to see. Um, I got to talk to uh, Daniel Gillies, who was a little, a little on the, I don't know, I'm not going to say, let's just say he had, still had, was nursing a hangover or something. He was, he was pretty cool, though. Um, and we talked to, I got to see Phoebe Tonkin. She plays Haley. Um, the girl that plays Davina was amazing. Talked to her. Um, and we talked to Leah Pye. She's wonderful. She's such a great person. She's the one that plays Cammy. Uh, and uh, anyway, there's going to be a lot of video and stuff, and I will write an article for Blog Critics, but I'm going to post the articles under Our Heart Network on YouTube channel. I did videos of all the interviews, so I'll try to get those up by tomorrow. Blog Critics first, though. Yeah, Blog Critics first, but then... Yeah, no, I'm not going to put the videos. Well, no, I'm not going to put the videos. I know, I know. Yeah, you know what I mean. I know. So I did that, and then the last thing I did was, what did I do here? Oh, my God, I had the best Sleepy Hollow. Okay, my Sleepy Hollow uh, press room uh, was exciting. Um, I met Tom and Nikki. I met the whole cast and and four of the – so the producers, as Kurtzman, uh, Roberto Orsi, Heather Caden, and Mark Goffman were there. The interviews included John Noble, Lindy, um, and I did interviews with all of them. And what was interesting was that it, it's really funny. You know, the people, the other journalists on the table, it's on my table, I didn't think, I think there might have been one or two that watched the show, but pretty much nobody really did. So I just started, I just sort of took over the interviews and was like asking all these questions. And so anyway, and then after, they were really cool. I had some of them sign some of my stuff. And, and it was really cool too. I, Alex Kurtzman, Kurtzman, when he came over to my table, I had uh, brought just a couple of things for them to sign. And I, and I had it sit, sitting next to me. And I wasn't going to ask until, like, you know, at the end of everything. Well, Alex is like, what do you got there? Because he, there's no Sleepy merchandise anywhere for Sleepy Heads. People know that. And so I'm like, oh, I said, well, I got this off of eBay. It's, your, it's the Emmy Nom uh, Consideration DVD. And he looked at it. That's really cool. You know, and I said, well, you know, I'm kind of hoping you guys would sign it later. And, oh, sure, no problem. They were, like, surprised that I even wanted their autograph. It was very, very cool. Um, so I had a great time. Good, good, good. On Saturday, too, we did a Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that was so Sleepy fun. Hollow going through the um, Oculus, the Oculus. Rift. So that was fun and, and met the cast. And I'll posting, and I think Chrissy, too, yeah. will be posting video. I'm doing a streetcast after this, actually. I'm doing a streetcast, Sleepy Addict. If you go to Sleepy Hollow Addict, at streetcast. I tweeted it out under at Sleepy Addicts, but um, that's going to be at, what time are we out of here? 8.30? It'll be 9 o'clock Pacific time. So. Okay, so Zach, what was your Friday like? Friday for me, I actually didn't do um, a whole lot of press stuff, but I did. Flacker. Yeah, I know, I'm a horrible flacker. <laughs> but um, though I did um, go back through the Once Upon a Time castle again. 
I'm looking for Pin, and I do want to say that DC has a couple of shows coming up that look very exciting to me. Um, one of them is called The Quest, which is a reality competition show that is basically um, Survivor meets Lord of the Rings Ooh. or Once Upon a Time. It's basically yeah, like they built a whole like medieval village, awesome. and there's jousting and sword fighting and monsters and creatures awesome. and magic and things like that. Um, so it's going to be a reality competition. I'm really excited about that. The first season will be premiering soon. Um, we do not have a date as of yet. They were also promoting um, a new show, Gallivant, which is completely to my taste, being a Disney fan and a musical fan. Um, I, it looks hilarious. The songs, sound, they have lyrics in them that you would not expect to see, frankly, on uh, on ABC and Disney. So really? I, yeah. Um, they were there's because they had a sing along inside the castle. They were showing previews of Galavan, and it had a little sing along okay. thing at the bottom. And one of the lines was uh, that the main character has, he, you know, he made a love, and it goes, "She had a body built for sin, and just a little touch of nymphomania." <laughs> and it was, I yeah. mean, really, That's it was totally no. Nice. I think Zach, you and I are going to disagree on this show. I know, yeah, because well, you've had the advantage of having I've seen, seen it, it and, and you know, I it's better than. Okay, so I saw the trailer mm-hmm. a while back, mm-hmm. and I thought, this is just, like, so Disney. It is so Disney. <laughs> I love it, though. It's so freaking Disney. And, I mean, even the music is written by Disney. Yep, Alan right? Menken. Right, Alan Menken. So I was like, okay, I'm going to give this a chance. And they put a screener up of the pilot, and I watched it. And I have to say it's a little more adult. Then the trailer would lead you to success. Is it to yeah. However, it's very Disney, and it's a little bit. See, I love Spamalot, and they're mm. calling it sort of like, you know, Spamalot meets, uh, and you can't, you can't. I mean, they're like running in parallel universes. Right. And um, so I think I might pass on that one. You can cover it. Um, yeah, I'll look, I'll look at it. I'll take a look. Another show, another show called The Whispers, which is very exciting. It looks really good to me. I actually don't know the general premise yet because the first time I heard of it was standing in line at the castle. But basically it starts out with this little girl and she's talking to someone that nobody can see, and you think it's in magic, right? Mm-hmm. Her mom comes over and tells her to come back. And it goes to later on, they're in the house, and the mom is in the kitchen on the phone, and the daughter is out in the treehouse, and she's not supposed to be. And mom is up there, and there, the daughter has drawn an X on the floor. And she says, you're, you're supposed to step on it. That's what he said. And mom steps on it, falls through, and she dies. Yeah. And then the trailer picks up from there, and there's a whole mystery of trying to figure out, like, more chicken hear the whispers oh my God, and, the, and the government is somehow involved there was a scene in the president's office in the oval office you know this exciting. totally like and like genre tv it really like, is you know again huge like you know it's like it took them 20 wow. years to like yeah, yeah. Well, but then at the end right the, the main detective the woman yeah getting it turned on right she hears the whisper oh at the end she gosh. can hear it now too so it's a big question of what what is what going is on this? and it's just Every time I saw it, I got goosebumps on my mind. Really? Now, now so when good. is this on again? It's, it comes out later on the fall, I believe. Okay. I actually recorded it on my phone, and I'll be on the video cool. to YouTube. I'll make sure that it gets the blog critics so okay. anybody who's awesome. listening can hear this. So you heard that first So time. I heard that. But then Friday night, since forever was just mentioning people who were camping out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's you what guys. I ended up doing, because um, I was going to attend the Once Upon a Time paddle on Saturday. 
and I had planned with my other friend Ashley Benson, who was with me, to uh, that we were going to go to the panel and cover it together for Once Upon a Fan. So I had plans. I was going to go, you know, hang out at the convention center, maybe have dinner with some people, and so forth. At four, about four o'clock, I get a phone call from Ashley, <laughs> and she tells me that the line for Barn Twenty started for me. Four thirty in the afternoon, oh Friday. Oh my god! So of course I joined her. Right. Um, camping out on the grass <laughs> at about whenever they closed the convention center. What was it? Six seven. They closed right. something like that. Seven. Seven. An hour later, at eight o'clock, they moved us all. Right. To in front of you the know, to in front of the convention center. Now, let me just explain this for anybody who's never been there before. <laughs> Outside of the San Diego Convention Center is a long line for cars, buses, shuttle buses, taxis, and that kind of a thing. Well, that's where we were sleeping, folks. Out on the it's sidewalk in front of the convention, center. the convention center. Heads towards the convention center. Heads towards the convention center. Feet, feet out towards, towards the street. Streets, right. Now, and and the other thing is, you know, we were filed in line. We were about thirtieth in line. Oh, my gosh. So we had to do it in rounds because you couldn't – nobody, obviously, if you're in a group of people, you can't all leave. So we all had to do it one at a time. We all had to go back to our hotel rooms, get our pajamas, our blankets, oh our pillows, God. and everything. Because obviously we were not prepared right. for to have that stuff. So we all took rounds and did that. Late, the shuttle run and everything. The shuttle buses were still outside, out front until all about – They run all night. They were all night. Yeah, so they, it was all night – Oh my god. That sound from tour buses. Those buses run like every half hour. Yeah. I slept about an hour and a half, I think. And I had a pillow and I had one of those metal, not metal, but it's like aluminum um, blankets that keeps you warm like in an emergency, you know? It was so funny because I ended up wrapping it around myself when I said I was a Chipotle burrito cosplay. (laughs) (laughs) But um, it was crazy. Um, I was camped out um, basically overnight for 17 hours. I can't believe it. Um, and, the, and mind you, running on an hour and a half of sleep and having been running around the convention center all day Friday and then camping out for 17 hours overnight was just insane. Oh, my um, God. The disappointing part about that was the next morning when we woke up, suddenly we realized... Hold on, guys. We're not being heard here. Uh-oh. Shoot. Since when? I hope it's not the full thing. Has it been since day one? No. Shoot. When did we stop? When did they stop hearing us? Uh, they stopped hearing us. All right. Hang on. Oh, it's in and out. Okay. It's going in and in out. out. Can you hear? Can you hear me now? <laughs> We're in a Verizon commercial. Can you hear yeah. me now? Good. Can you hear me yeah. now? Good. Going once. Testing, testing, testing. We're still online. Yeah, it's still going. We're still connected. And it says on air, and it's still going. Uh-oh, this is really weird. Uh, Katie's typing. Um, testing, testing. Nope, all right. I'm calling, I'm calling back. Okay. And call back. Ah. Radio. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key.
I'm sorry, but I did not hear you press at least four digits of your PIN number. Thank you for using Blog Talk Radio. Goodbye. Ah, what? Oh, maybe the maybe the system crashed. Let's it still again. says it's on air. No. Talk radio. Please enter your host pin. When finished, press the pound key. Start your show now. Press one to your. It appears that the host has already dialed into the show. Only one host is allowed per show. This is Block Talk Radio. Goodbye. <sighs> we have problems. Yeah, we have. We seem to have a problem. Um, we seem to have a problem. Um. I are you are you still are you still here not hearing? This is really odd. I'm really sorry. I don't know if this is recording or you just can't hear me. So we're going to keep talking, um, even though um, we are seem to be not being heard. Um, I think it's still recording. So we're going to talk about Saturday because it is saying I'm trying to call back and it's saying I'm already on the air. So we're not disconnected. So, okay, so Zach, finish your, your, your line story. Yeah, so we're being in line and all of a sudden this morning we were number 30 in line. Yeah. All of a sudden the next morning we're standing around talking and I turn around and I look and we've gone from 30 to 100 because some what? of the people who were in front of us were holding line one person <gasps> literally held a spot for 20 people. Are you kidding? I'd have been hit. Oh, I was angry. So me and my friend went to security and we yeah. said, excuse me, we have pictures from last night of being in line because we were tweeting it as part of our experience right. of having people be there. And they said that they were aware right, of the hang issue. Hang on, guys. I'm calling. Hi, guys. Can you hear us now? We've reconnected. Hello. 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 Testing, testing. Hello. Can you guys hear us <laughs> now? There? Can you hear us now? Horizon just paid us. No, just because I wish. Hello. No can you hear us? Hashtag blog talk radio is having a problem. Yeah, see, I think it, they might crash or something. Okay. So, I've so, just... I've just reconnected. Is there anyone out there? Okay. And Angela is typing. No, Angela was typing. Angela's not typing anymore. This is not good. This is not good at all. Well, it says it's still recording. Yes, so it's probably... All right. So guys, even though even though it's not recording, even though you can't hear us, 
it's recording and it's, it's recording um, and we'll keep recording listen to the podcast for rest that kind of stuff um okay she's the people are logging out all okay, right so let's so, just keep going all right so, so finish your story Zach. so, so so you get to security. We get to security, and they refused to help us. Oh they said God. that they were aware of the issue and that people take advantage of it all the time. But unfortunately, there was nothing that they could do about it. Now, uh, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree, um, too. Now, granted, it didn't end up being a big deal because not everybody who was cutting line was going to Barroom 20 like we were. Okay. A lot of them were going to other panels. Okay. And that's fine. However, if it had not worked out that way, Right. We would have been way in the back yeah. for Ballroom 20. Which is... Which is unacceptable after camping for it 17 is. hours. Okay, guys, because we got... We are we are back in uh, in good stead here. So, guys, if you can't hear us refresh, well, we've only got 12 minutes and 51 seconds left of the show. Oh, we my God. It so we, need, we need to talk about um, Saturday. All right. So, Helix, um, you can read about my article. It's great. It's going to be a fantastic second season. It will be jumping time. We'll be exploring the consequences and nature of immortality as well as the conspiracy that underlies everything that's going on in Helix. Um, so let's talk to let's talk about once upon a time. Yeah. Okay, who wants to go first? You guys go first. All right. So once upon a time. Um the uh, it's like my brain is fried. I know. Um, so we it was a great press room. We got to talk to everyone. Um, okay, so sure, we had everybody. We had Jennifer. Jennifer. Except for Jenny Goodwin. Yeah, she's mom. Who's the mom, mom of a new baby? Yeah. So we had so we had uh, this is the way they came around the table. We had Captain Swan, Rum Bell, mm-hmm. Charming was by himself. Regina was by himself. Herself. Was by herself. And then we had Adam and Eddie. And and, uh, and, and Jared, little Jared. And Jared, right. Jared is adorable. And Robert and Emily. And Robert and Together. Emily. Together. Yeah. Um, and um, so Robert and Emily, they talked about, you know, the beginning of the season is really about, for them, returning, uh, you know, the honeymoon and right. returning for the honeymoon. And I asked Robert what's up for his character coming up. And he says, really, it's about this relationship mm-hmm. between them. Um, you know, and, and he really does love her. You got that as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. And this is, she's trying to, to do the right thing. By right. Um, there's also a, um, in season, episode two, uh, they're coming back from the honeymoon and they are met at a pawn shop yeah. by Henry. Right. In the middle of the night, who has come to Rumpel for, for some, some advice. Which is going to be interesting. Which is going to be interesting. Um, it should be a really, really good scene. And as Robert said, it was, um, you know, um, Henry's growing up, you know, mm-hmm. and they're going to really explore a more, um, you know, parental, grandparental kind of a relationship between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that appeals to Robert because he was quite passionate talking yeah. about it. You know, he's a father, well, right? Yeah. He's the father of an adolescent. Son, I think. Right. And uh, we've got three kids, and his oldest, his middle one is, is a girl, I think. And so he's got yeah. a son who's around Henry's age, I think. And uh, so this has got to be very resonant for him, so that's kind of good. And uh, Captain Swan, of course, they're going to explore that. 
which I knew that was coming. We will have two half seasons again. Yes. The first half of the season will be, oh, the first half of the season will be the frozen thing. The second half of the season will be something completely different. However, by the end of the season, everything will seem to have come together. Right. Uh, everything will tie together. So, um, so that's kind of what that and, and, and Jared, you know, talked a little bit about growing up on the set, and uh, and he actually he said how much he loves working. I asked him about this scene yeah. uh, and you know how this is going to play with Henry uh, becoming close to, mm-hmm. to Mr. Gold, and uh, he said, yeah, he says he loves working with Robert. Mm-hmm. He says he is an incredible actor and he learns. Every time he's on set with him, he learns something else. Yep. That's so. I asked him, like, who is he? I asked him, uh, you know, who have you learned the most from that since you've been growing up? And he says Robert Carlyle. And, and you, and I think yeah. almost every single actor in the show yeah, has the said same thing. that. Yeah, definitely. Whether they're adult actors or not. And the same thing was true in Stargate Universe. Oh, really? Yeah, That's if you listen to the commentaries uh-huh. of the episodes. They all talk about, wow. you know, every time he had, like, a major scene on set, they would all go to the set mm-hmm. and watch because yeah. it would be a master class. Right. So um, that was kind of cool. But um, so what else? Who, um, oh, so I asked Lana, you know, I, said, I asked her, I said, so, you know, you're going into the fourth season. What would you like to see for your character? She said, evil. <laughs> Totally evil. So I said to her, well, that's what you said to me last year. Uh, How did that work out? Uh, said, yeah, I guess, you know, it worked out okay. Yeah, that's so, um, but yeah, she ended up being the hero of the second half, though. But Which is because Rumpel turned out to be the hero of the first half. Yep. And, and, the one, the half. and they're the ones that have, the, you know, the redemption stories really on the... Right. Well, you know, I asked, I asked Robert... Uh, well, first I told them, of course, you know, I'm like a Rumbale fan, and they're my favorite on the show, of course, and um, and I said to him, I said, well, you know, now where's your, how can, did you know, basically, Neil dying, I was very upset by that, and um, a lot of people are, because that's your happy ending, you know, where are you going to go from there, I know, I'm like so upset about it. I'm so I know. It's like it's it's seriously and so but, he was but, like Okay. No. He said he was like, you know, he says, Well, you know, there's different way you know, this this is just gonna be a new chapter for him. Right. You know, and, and this is gonna be, you know, he he's not gonna it's just gonna be a, a new a new a new not launching, but you know, a new a, a new era for his yeah, for his for his character, so so um, I just lost my train of thought. Oh my god! Um, who would have thought four days of insanity? I don't that know. I would lose my train We're of all punchy. Um, we all are all punchy. Um, so I asked. Um, I asked. I asked. What did I just keep talking? All right, all right. Say something and I will come back to me. So, um, I was there for once upon a fan, and uh. When everybody first came in, um, I was also doing the photography thing, so I ran up to, you know, the, the line and was just taking pictures just with my phone because I didn't actually have a camera that I wanted to use because I left my other camera on the table for when they came in. Oh so I was taking the pictures, and uh, I talked to Jennifer Morrison briefly right before she took her picture, and um, she's 
amazing and lovely, yeah. my hero, and I love her to death. And um, I, so I talked to Captain Small first, and then Josh and Jared and yeah. Lana and Emily and Robert, and then I talked to Adam and Eddie last. And one of the things that I was asking them about, and you'll see this article later on because I'm going to send the same yeah. that I have for Once Upon a Time. Have on Blog Critics first, though. Oh, then you can repeat it, like immediately. No, yeah, you can, as link. long as you post it there first. Well, Gareth, let you do that. I don't know how to talk to him. So, um, <laughs> so, um, but one, one interesting thing about that is that I just want to say that there are a lot of parallels between the Frozen characters mm-hmm. and the Once Upon a Time characters, and you will see those parallels being played out this season. Adam and Eddie did confirm that to me. And to us, um, too, yeah. at our and table, too. Yeah. So there's, a, there's yeah. a lot of parallels going on with Frozen, particularly in the characters of Elsa and Anna. They're their personalities, their struggles together, their whole dynamic mm-hmm. is actually mirrored in a lot more characters than you would think. Interesting. Um, as is Kristoff, uh, as a matter of fact. Hans is also going to have a part to play in that. Um, we may see some, uh, I can say this, we may see some, some drama going on between Charming and Hans. Interesting. Is, so um, I'll Interesting. be able to drop that little tidbit there. But overall, it was a great experience. Um, yeah. I... I, had I can't. A I can't speak highly enough of that cast. Oh, I know. And, and 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 you know, kudos to the guy, to whoever was running that room mm. because it went really smoothly. Like they had a plan. You know, they had yeah, a And and the thing that really makes me angry in these press rooms is that. You know, they come in and they have all the press line is first, which means all the video on on camera video and the photographers. And, you know, they hog up all of our time. Right. And it really annoys me. So I loved that they kind of rotated them around. Yeah. So yeah. they hated us and Trami. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, that actually, that, that wasn't my experience this year with any of the press rooms. Yeah. Um, I just thought, you know, they we had more time with more people at more of the press rooms. And, and I think because they've limited the number of people in the Which press makes room. Sense. So I want to just mm-hmm. talk really quickly um, about uh, str- the strain, which was today. Oh, yeah, you did the um, today. Guillermo del Toro, uh, the master horror, oh, and Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I love that movie so much. Pacific Rim. I mean, he really didn't did like so much that. either. <laughs> but Guillermo del Toro is a master visionary he filmmaker. Is. He really is. Um, the strain is scary so and good. it is I like it. it and watching tonight's episode on you got to this see evening, it I gotta wait till I get home so I went to the press room and they could everybody didn't get to us so uh, the um, the publicists I love FX they're like the best publicists ever because um, they said oh you know we'll, we'll just we'll set up phoners with you guys with the cast you missed which is pretty amazing yeah for sure and they said oh by the way we have some studio passes that are seating in the front mm-hmm. of Paul H can you know? Can we give right. them to you? And it's like they gave out like about eight or nine of them to us, and uh, to our table specifically, um, which was lovely. And um, so, um, this is a hybrid sci-fi horror historical that really that the lead on my story about the um, story is this. Guillermo del Toro is tired of romanticized vampires pining away for lost loves, misbegotten by ironic heroes. Instead, the master director went back much farther than Victorian literature and into the history of the myth in creating FX's new hit series, The Drain. So 
what he did was he has the the vampirism is spread through a virus, and there are these incredible weird like worms. Weirdo, think they like weird worms. Tentacle spread this. Like. Um, yeah, tentacle almost, and um, it's a virus. And really, this whole you know zeitgeist thing of viruses, um, which hits Helix and it hits The Walking Dead and it hits mm-hmm. The Last Ship and it hits even 28 days later, 28 weeks later. I mean, it's you know. It, it's viruses, which are something very real for us. And so he's taken that and merged it with the vampire legend, but also with World War II and Nazis and a conspiracy that goes back hundreds of years. So uh, Nosferatu, you know, it's really um, a great mashup of a series. Mm-hmm. And Sean Astin is in it. We got I to talk to him. Sean I interviewed Astin. him again. Uh, the pleasure was interviewing Guillermo del Toro, though, I have to say. It was pretty awesome to spend 15 minutes with him, uh, me and, and uh, like four other people. Um, so it was great to actually catch it. I will be writing an article about it um, in the coming days. So catch us on blogcritics.org. Um, catch our Twitter feed at blogcritics. And you can find me at B underscore Barnett. Zach, what's your Twitter feed? I'm at the Zach Van, which is T H E. Z-A-C-H-V-A-N. And uh, Chrissy is at Our Heart Radio. And at Sleepy Addicts. And at Sleepy Addicts for you Sleepy Hollow people. And we will talk to you after the summer. Probably I'll pick up the show again uh, on a regular basis. Right now we're doing True Blood every week. So tune in tomorrow night for our True Blood show with Chrissy and with Jimmy Daly, John TV. This is Barbara Barnett on behalf of Zach Van Norman and Christine Piccolo saying good night and see you after we get back from Comic-Con. Bye. 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 <laughs> that was fun. And that's a wrap. Well, Chris-